Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. It's just such an honor to be able to share God's Word with you here this morning. Are you ready to receive the Word of God? You know, it's so important that we... It's lucky to worship and stuff, but there is a time and a moment in our lives where, where we need to sit back and just listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. That's what the Bible's all about, reading the Word of God, knowing what the Word of God says, and because we know that is what makes us victorious Christians. I want to talk to you this morning about something that none of you sitting here have ever experienced. It's the subject of no fear. Anybody experience fear in their lives? If your hands are not up now, because we've all experienced it. It's part of life. Anxiety, stress, worry, difficulties. It's part of our lives. It's just what life's all about. We live in a less perfect world, don't we? No fear. I want to talk to you this morning, and, and hopefully through what I will share with you, will give you tools to be able to walk in a place, not saying you will never have fear because you'll hear what I'll share with you this morning, but, but we can come to that place where we don't need to have fear. The moment we connect with the one whom we love, the one who's living in us, makes us overcomers. So I want to say this to you about this. Jesus suffered and died on the cross. And he did it so that you and I can live with no fear. Otherwise, what Jesus did was just a very heavy, intense uh, suffering. And they put him in a grave and he rose again. And uh, that's it. But you see, what flows from that incredible work on the cross for you and I today is so that you and I can walk victorious. That is what Jesus came to do for our lives. Listen to this. So many people fear the future. There's people sitting here right now in this place that is worried about tomorrow. You're concerned. Many of you are living in the past. Many of you are worried about the future. And you know what that makes you? It makes you a present absentee. You're sitting here today, but you're not here because you're worried about what's tomorrow. You're sitting here listening to the sermon, but yet... Your mind isn't here. You're thinking about difficulties, hardships, stuff you're going through right now. These things are worrying your life. Many people fear the future. And God does not want us to do that. Listen, where there is no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. We need to know that when I get to tomorrow, Jesus will be there to carry me through. And we need to know that, church. It's not just goeie woorde that I'm saying over here. We need to embrace it. This truth needs to become a part of our lives. Amen. You need power now to believe you'll be victorious in the future. Because tomorrow will, dis will, de will destroy your today. We need to be living victorious today. I want to compare two scriptures with you. And, and, and the one is about Jesus and the one is about us. And you'll see the similarity because you can see what God intended for your life and for my life. And we see it through the life of Jesus. I think it's 1 Peter 2.21 says that Jesus left us an example that we will follow in his footsteps. 
So listen to these two scriptures. First one, Acts 10 verse 38, Peter speaking, and he says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with great power. You see, the anointing that we have, the Bible says we have the unction, we have the anointing. When the Holy Spirit has come to live in your life, when you give your life to Jesus, let me tell you something. Anointing is not a badge we wear. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and, and with power. And then he wore a little badge. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. <laughs> None of us wear little badges and say we're anointed. Let me tell you, God did it for a purpose, and here's the purpose, and here's where we go astray in our own lives, because Jesus did something about the anointing. Listen to this, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and great power, and what did He do? He went around, He moved, He did something. And that's where you and I sit today. We need to do something with the anointing and the power of God on our lives. He went about, and what did he go about doing? He did good. That is a whole sermon in itself, doing good. If we had to have a debate this morning, what it means to do good, there is a lot of things we can talk about being and doing good. And not only did he do that, he went about, listen what the anointing of the Holy Spirit with great power did on Jesus. He was healing, not necessarily the sick, but he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. You see, the enemy is the author of fear. And God anointed Jesus, and because he had the anointing on his life, you and I have the same anointing that Jesus had. We have the same power to go around healing people that were oppressed of the devil. The problem is, we are all oppressed of the devil. So how on Mother Earth are we going to help others who are oppressed by the devil. You see, we need to become in a right standing place with God where we'll begin to believe the word and be used of God because this is all about Jesus. But listen to this next scripture. How they parallel. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. He says, For God did not... Say God did not. So he did not do it. God God did not give us a spirit of timidity. It's a mooi woord in Afrikaans sê, vreesachtigheid. Yes, jylle boere, timidity, vreesachtigheid. Dit beteken ons moos oor, baie, vreesachtigheid. God het jou nie een vreesachtige geest gegeen. Listen, He didn't give you a spirit to be a coward. Do I need to explain coward in Afrikaans? You know what it means. Lafart. Or fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear. Say with me. God did not give me a spirit of fear. So I believe it. <laughs> now I'm going to live it. <laughs> did you hear it became less? <laughs> But let me just explain to you what he did give you, what he gave Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He went around doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. But just listen to this. This is so amazing. He says, but he has given us a spirit of power, the same power he gave to Jesus, a spirit of love, agape love, so we can love, so we can overlook issues and problems and we can love one another. Amen. Supernatural love, not the gevoelige liefde, 
I don't love me anymore, and I don't love them. No, no. Love is not a feeling, it's an act of my will. Amen? There's no other prayer for another. He says, he says, because <clears throat> he's given us a spirit of power of love and of a sound judgment and a personal discipline, persoonlijke discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Say, I've got it. You believe you've got that? You know, if you really believe you've got that, you're going to live differently. Believe me. And you know what you need to do? You need to write that script. This is an amplified version. It's amplified. It's louder. But write it on paper and stick it on your computer at work and read it and read it and read it. And so when fear comes in your life and, and you get nervous and anxious, you know what you do? You read it and you read it and you proclaim it and you speak it over your life. Amen. We, we need to be doing that. God anointed Jesus. God anointed us. Clearly God has empowered His children to be able to handle fear. Do you believe that? Fear, anxiety, and worry. We need not fear the future. <laughs> Listen, we live in a sick Demakar world. We live in South Africa. As somebody said the other day, uh, what's his name? Chuck Norris. If he was even stronger, he could also be a South African. <laughs> That's true. It's true. <laughs> So what does Jesus say? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 34. So don't worry. Don't do what? (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Don't worry. I want to worry, Lord. (laughs) Please let me just worry a little bit. Don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have enough worries and anxiety of its own. So if today's got worries and you're still worrying about tomorrow's worry, you've got two days of worry which you didn't have to only have one worry. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? You lie yourself with worries now. He says, why? He says, sufficient for each day is its own trouble, one day at a time. Live victorious and in victory today. Why? Because God has made it possible. We're talking about no fear today. Our fears, anxiety, stress, worries, are they real? You better believe it. I'd be the last duck to stand here and tell you that is a load of baloney. <laughs> That's a bad one because people died from that stuff a while ago. Remember that? <laughs> it's stomp snapped. Because fear is real. Anxiety is real. It's real. Jesus admitted that it was real. That's why when it comes to faith, listen to this, faith is not the absence of fear. However, it is moving forward in spite of the fear. Fear doesn't ignore, uh, faith doesn't ignore fear. It just refuses to grow it because I have faith in God. You know, I always use that analogy, fear knocks, faith opens, there's nobody there. Because that's the approach we need to have. So when the anxiousness and the, and the trials and the difficulties come in your life and, and fear rises up in your heart, you just begin to proclaim, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And Lord, I can overcome this stuff. Faith in our God and His Word greatly affects how we respond to fear. In your life right now, I want to ask you this. Be very honest with yourself today. You don't have to tell anybody or bump somebody or kick somebody under the seat or whatever. But let me ask you, if your life were a scale, and we could see your scale when you walked in here, op your bakkies, op your voorkop, 
Can you imagine if we had a little window over here and everything we get up to appears here? We'd, we'd have better behavior, wouldn't we? But imagine a scale. You put weights in the scale. The one side's fear, anxiety, stress. The other one's God's word and believing God's word. Which one in your life is the heavier one? Is the word that you're trusting and victory, although there's fear and you don't have a look at it, it's real, but is the word carrying you through the hardships or is it the other way around? Are you stressed out? Is it the predominant action of your life or is it the word of God that is busy carrying you through, through each difficulty and through each hardship? That is the question today. Your fears, your anxiety, your worries may, may be very real and, and it may be very, very close up and very personal right now because I have no doubt. Because let me just say this to you, and I was going to say this in the beginning. This is a blessing run. But you cannot walk in the blessings of God if you're always fearful and anxiety. All the blessings come, you won't even see them because you're so anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow and what you're going through. Amen. So let me kind of help you to get breakthrough there, and then you can walk freely in those lack of blessings. So I'm preparing a sermon, and I'm timbering it to shoot this morning's blessing run. And I sent the Holy Spirit saying to me, I need to share this word with you guys. And I said, now, Lord, I've spent quite a while now preparing this. You know, this is just as good for these oaks. And eventually I just dumped it because I realized you would have got a George sermon, not a Holy Ghost sermon this morning. God wanted you to hear what you're hearing this morning. And that's why I share what I share with you, because it's real. But God has equipped us with tools so we can tackle those fears. Isn't that what he said? God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. God has given it to you. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you it's, not, it's not like two quarters or a third or a little bit. Because you, you don't have enough faith, you know, so I'm only going to give you a drop of it. Until you increase your faith, we'll increase the fearlessness. No, no, he gave you full house, you full house. Say, I'm full house. <laughs> I've received it all. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You can look fear straight in the face and say, you know what? Nothing compares to my God. I am an overcomer. I'm victorious. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a couple of things today. When it comes to fear in your life. Some things that you can count on. Say, I can count on this. And please, God, may we put this, what you're going to hear, into practice. The first thing you can count on, you can count on God to be with you when you're stressed. Do you believe that? You can count on God to be with you. I just want to read the scripture quickly to you. I like reading out the word. In case they think I'm busy with something non-wordy. Die woord is altyd prachtig, ne? I know some of you yuppie young people use it on your phones, but it's hard to mark your screen, because in your screen you've got a lot of marks on it. I'm kidding, okay? But I love opening up my scriptures. You see, a Bible that's well used, the devil's not amused. <laughs> but use it. Oh, God, use it. Listen to what he says here. I'm just saying this because I'm going to read you a lot of scriptures. Here's the scripture. He says, all scripture is God-breathed. And listen what it is useful for. It's useful for teaching us. It's useful for rebuking us. Get the Afrikaans for rebuke, ne? It's not a links and a rechts klap nie. Dit beteken terechtweising. Jylle boere. Terechtweising, ne? Terechtweising. Dit is so verduidelikend, ne? 
die woord van die Heere terecht wees nie. Dis die woord. En hy sê, it's for correcting and also for training in righteousness, right standing with God. We read the scriptures to help us to live right. Amen. That's why you got to read the word of God. You know, it's a tragedy, eh? You go look at the Barna research. True, go read it. Barna research. 80% of proclaiming born-again Christians, 80% of them do not read their Bibles regularly. If we had to take 80% of you naughty oaks here, the big number that's not reading your Bibles. But then again, I know all of you read your Bibles, you love Jesus. And you don't walk in fear. Why does he do that? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. That is what the scriptures say. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures. Because I said you can count on God to be with you when you're stressed. Just listen to this. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says this. When you go through deep waters. Anybody been through some deep waters lately? What are you doing in the waters? No. (laughs) On a family picnic. When you go through deep waters and great trouble. What will he say? I will be with you. Gaan jy dier moeilike tyd op die oomlik. God is by jou. God is met jou. There's a promise. Hebrews 13, 6 says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Isn't that so? Hebrews 28, verse 20, Jesus said, I am with you to the very end of the age. God is with you. You can trust Him to be with you when you're stressed. Is there some stress in your life? I want to tell you, God has promised to be with you. Say, God's with me. Amen. And He is. Listen to this. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, that word oppression means weighed down with the heaviness of the world. When you go through that weighed down heaviness, he says, you will not be burnt. The flames will not consume you. Remember those other three dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Satsach. <laughs> I don't know the other accent. Meshach and Shabendru, that's where they learned to speak. But there was a third person with them, a fourth person with them in the fire. They came out, they didn't even smell like they'd been to a local bride place. You know, like we smell after a, having a bride. They came out, the oaks were fine. Why? Because Jesus promised to be with them. Why? Because they were men of faith. Amen. They were men of faith. Listen to my favorite scripture. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear. Say with me. Do not fear. Say it. Do not fear. What does that mean? Do not fear. Okay. So we're all on the same page. And, but the Amplified says something nicely. He says, do not fear what? Anything. Why? For I am with you. There's the promise. Do not be afraid. Why? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured. I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you. How? With my righteous right hand. His ruling hand. When he speaks and he has said it. And he has said it in the word. And he will put it to action over your life. He wants to. But you know what activates that? Faith. By faith. I believe it. I believe what you said, dear Lord. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand of justice and power of victory and of salvation. 
You see, we use up so much energy and we use up so much strength in our lives and, and we use up so much ability to try and figure out tomorrow. You know what I call them? The dangerous things called the what-ifs. How many times do you say, what if that happens? What if that doesn't happen? We have, we have this terrible what-if problem. We need to lay that down. God's grace is sufficient for today. It don't waste it on tomorrow. Amen? It's not to be wasted. Remember the manner when, when Israel were, were in, the, in the desert for their own nonsense? God still looked after them. God was still with them. But he gave them manna for the one day. It, they, and there were some of those slim Yoda, you know. They thought, we'll just take a little bit of extra for tomorrow and we'll sleep in. I can see there were a few of you would have done that too. That it's No, no. They had to get up every day and get their manna. That's why every day we rise, God is there to give you fresh manna, to walk with you, to be with you. And you can count on Him to, to be with you when you're in stress. You've got to remember that. Listen to this in the message Bible, this translation. He says this, Matthew 6.34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what you may or may not happen tomorrow. Why? Because God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God is going to help you. Listen, you can count on God to be with you. Amen. Do you really believe that, church? Am I talking to people that are listening this morning? Is God saying something to your heart this morning? We need to get this sorted out in our hearts. Because our inability to cope with what might come tomorrow is causing many of us to be eaten up by fear. We put on this brave front and we say, oh, we, it's, it's going okay. But deep down in your heart, you're worrying. And you know what? The devil laughs at us. And Jesus himself, he says, that's not what I died for, church. When he sees you going for you, he says, you know what? I didn't die for you to suffer like this. I'm here for you, he's saying. I mean, if you look at the word of John, uh, in John 10, 10, I came, Jesus said that you might have life and that you have, might have life in abundance. God doesn't want us to walk fearful. He wants us to walk victorious. Amen. What he makes sense if you're a spiritual orphan. But trust makes sense if you're a child of God. Because when you're spiritual, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you know, we shock the I say, God is not everybody's father. When you pray once a father, but then he You see, you need to be born again so God can become your father. Amen. You're born once through your daddy and your mommy. But when you're in the world, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You're still spiritually dead. You need to be born again. Jesus needs to come in your life. The Holy Spirit needs to quicken your heart. Jesus said it to Nicodemus. You need to be born again. Amen. So, so if you're seeking God for breakthroughs and anxiety and stuff, but you don't know Jesus as your heavenly Father, well, you're not going to experience the, the fullness of what God has for you. That's why it's important. You need to be born again. You need to give your life to Jesus to live for the Lord. Amen. So firstly, you can count on God to be with you when you're stressed. Secondly, you can count on God to direct you when you're confused. Anybody had a, a times of confusion? You don't know which way to go. Anybody like that sometime in your life? I love it. Eh? This side's like quite holy. Yeah. That side's quite honest. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hallelujah. I've even lost my place here now. Now, just listen to this promise. Psalm 32 verse 8. I, the Lord, will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Tell me that's not personal attention that God wants to give to each and every one of us. But I've got to say this. It's not a one-sided affair. God does all of this and I just stand there and, and do nothing. No, no, no. You have a responsibility as well. You need to pray. You need to seek God. You need to put faith into action. You need to proclaim the word over your life. You need to speak truth and not death. Amen. We need to be doing that sort of stuff. Then God will do that. He's become, he has become an integral part of our life. Yes, spirit, soul, and body is an integral part of our life. And, and we in really good hands. Isn't that so? Eh? So I'm in good hands. <laughs> Amen. Nothing about us escapes him. Listen to this Proverbs. Proverbs 28 verse 25 says, Those who use God's wisdom are safe. We use God's wisdom, we're safe. How do I get God's wisdom? By knowing what His Word says. And what His Word says, I put it to practice. You see, there's a lot of, lot of saying, but there's not a lot of doing. I believe we're living in a dispensation and a time where God is going to pull your file to get you to walk in a few little truths. Things are happening in your life because you proclaim it. You, you send people messages with scriptures to help them when you know what they're going through, but you're not practicing the stuff yourself. Amen? I mean, you know people like that anyway. Listen, as his children, he's involved many times in our lives when we don't even realize it. Amen? You ask me how, and I, I want to say this. And this is really important that we hear what I'm going to say now. He's in, involved in our lives and he guides us by his word, the Bible. That's why I cannot overemphasize it. Do you read your Bible? Do you do Bible bingo? Uh, let's see. Oh, I marked a few things here. Let's carry on here this morning. Or do you read methodically? Are you reading the book of John or? Ephesians or Colossians, what is it saying to you? What are you journaling? Are you doing that kind of stuff? Because as a Christian, we dim, God wants us to do that. So if you want to know God is guiding you, you read the Word of God, then you realize. And today I'm sharing with you a lot of scriptures to, to show you what the Word of God is saying to guide you in, in, in these truths. The second one, now let me tell you, here's an important one. And, and I found since COVID hit our land, that funny thing, which I'm not going to comment on any yeah. However, the lack of people coming back to church has been tragic. Even in the CMA chapters. People are so full of excuses. I think, I think COVID made them develop excuses. It was the excuses season. Because we even see in the church, they're by us. There's a lot of people that came that don't come anymore. We have, we have like a whole new audience. Well, a great amount of new people, which is fantastic. People giving their lives to the Lord. But there's a big problem here. And let me tell you, Hebrews 10, 35 says, uh, 25 says, do not forsake the assembling together. So I honor you guys for being here today. Praise God. It might have been hill marks all the way for some of you, but that's, I'm glad you're here. Praise God. But it's so important. People, 
We need to come to church. We need to serve the church. We were just saying to somebody else, if the church offends you, you're serving the church and not Jesus. And how we need people. You know, the first person that's going to koi onkar up in your life is people. And you are a people. <laughs> so you're corrupting somebody om. And you need to realize it. And we need to realize we need the family of God when we come together because corporately there's an anointing when people come together like this. There's a special move of the Spirit of God. God comes here, He speaks to us. He can speak to you in your room, but God wants us to come together corporately. God enjoys this. All the scriptures that were ever written through Paul to Ephesus, to Colossians, to Thessalonians, uh, wherever Peter wrote to the churches, James wrote to the church. For gatherings like this, people came together and the word was shared with them. You start slipping this, let me tell you something, you're going to drift spiritually, believe me. Maybe you got a little bit of a wheel spin already, eh? But you're here today to hear this story. Now. Nah. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit. That's how God guides us through the Holy Spirit. So that's why it's important that we spend time in the presence of God praying. You need to have prayer time in your life. You cannot grow spiritually. That's why the Christians are not doing these things. They're not in the Word. They're not praying. They're not faithful to the church in, in all the aspects of the ministry. And, and so no wonder your life's in anxiety and fear and stress and everything, and you're not getting victory over that stuff. Amen. So that's the end of that one. You can count on God. When you're stressed, you can count on God when you're confused. Thirdly, you can count on God to go before you when you're afraid. Anybody afraid here for things in your life? Okay, don't put up your hand. But if there's anybody afraid, listen, not only will God be with you, not only will He direct you, but listen to this. He goes before you. Before you've even arrived in tomorrow, guess what? I'm the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Isn't that what God said? He's already in tomorrow. So before you arrive there, God's already making a way for you. Hey, I always think of that one. In the army, we had, we had mine sweepers. We didn't go underground and sweep the mines. No, no, these are like those really things that go boom when you stand on them. Mines. And then they bury them in the ground. And I was in the school of engineers, and we were trained with little earphones and little quickies. And then you go, dee -dee, and you find there's a bomb, and you clean it away, and then you disarm the thing. So what you do is, you go ahead so that the army coming behind you will have safe passage. Let me tell you, that is exactly what God does in our lives. He's busy removing the stuff because you're trusting Him, because you're speaking life, because He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but He's giving you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, and you walk in that authority office. You know what God does? He goes before you, and He begins to prepare the way. You need to trust Him, because when you're not trusting Him, you come in tomorrow and you stand on all I land mainer. Sometimes it's your big burbul's land main, but it's a land main. <laughs> you say, does God really go before me? Listen to this, you better believe it. Peter, what a wonderful example when he betrayed Jesus. Listen to this. He said to Jesus, I'll never betray you, Lord. I will be with you in the end, eh? So what does Jesus say to him? Peter, this is what he says. Simon, Simon, when he was still called Simon, he says, I've prayed for you. And listen to this. Satan has asked to sift you, but I've gone ahead of you. You know that God does that. 
In John 17, you go read this over there, around about verse 20. He's praying, and he says, Lord, I'm not praying for these only, but I'm praying for all of those that will come and serve me. God has already gone ahead of us. He's already prayed for the success of your life. Amen? Listen to this beautiful scripture, Deuteronomy 31.8. Is it on there? He says, it is the Lord who goes before you. Isn't that a promise? God goes before you. Are you hearing that? What do you I can't say that. It's God after me. After me. Nina, God has gone before us. That's what the Bible says. The Lord goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. He will let there be no... And isn't that so? God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, of, of fearfulness and, and timidity, nah? uh, uh, whatever that wonderful word was in Afrikaans, or flinching. And then he says something, what, what is that word there? Fear not. Say it with me. Fear not. Neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, or unnerved with alarm. I love that word alarm. It's, it's phobia. To fear. As if your phobies would men say it. Listen to me. We need to think serious about that thing which I've spoken about earlier. The what if sickness. What if? Let me just say this. What if God comes through for you tomorrow suddenly? What if there's a victory waiting for you? But it's a matter of where we focus. You know, I read this the other day, and this is very shocking. Psychologists claim 95% of the things we fear never happen to us. So, I mean, there's 5% left, and Jesus is taking care of those. So why, why are you fearing? Hmm? Hello? Think about that a little bit. Nothing will ever happen to us that is a surprise to God. Nothing will happen to you that's... God doesn't have oopses. <laughs> oh, geez, I was busy with the angels here. What, what happened? <laughs> angels, come, please help us. Okay, no, she's, I forgot to... No, no, don't work like that. He loves you. He wants the best for your life. Isaiah 65, 24 says, I will provide for their needs even before they ask, and I will help them while they are still asking for help. You talk about God going before you. Isn't that exciting this morning? Nothing will ever happen to us. It's a surprise to God. Listen, not only can we count on Him to be with us, to direct us, or to go before us, and yet the last one. Count on God to fight for you when you're attacked, and the enemy is consistently attacking. Do you know attacks are going to come? Fear, worry, anxiety, Jesus said it, are real. Faith, as I've said before, is not the absence of fear. Faith is not the absence. It doesn't mean to say fear is not there, but it's very comforting to know that God promises His children, His, listen to this, His personal protection. You have God's, He's your personal bodyguard with due respect because He wants the best for your life. Exodus 14, 13, beautiful scripture. He says, don't fear. Just say with me that again. Don't fear. How many times have you got to hear that? Don't fear. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. That's the problem. We don't be still. We be worried. <laughs> we be anxious. We be angry. We be everything and not still and wait on the voice of God. There's a beautiful event that takes place. I want to read the scripture just now in closing. But Jehoshaphat in 2 Kings, uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 
an incident where the Ammonites take them and the men in tights and the Jerobites and the cousins with tights and all those oaks. They were attacking these oaks and how God comes through for them in a wonderful way. Why is it that you guys hear that and you don't hear and don't fear? What does it mean, Yala? Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that fantastic? Remember, when I follow my own agenda, God fights for me. Eh? When I follow God's agenda, I'm my own. And when I follow my own agenda, I'm all on my own. When I'm trusting God and I'm putting His Word into action, let me tell you something, God goes before you. But when I'm not doing it, we've got to be careful. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust Him. And you know what He will do? He'll bring it to pass. And so in closing, before we close, I want to say this. Many of us have a good reason to fear the future, and I'll tell you why. Because we are in control of our lives and not God. That is the problem. We're not surrendering to God our lives. Christianity to you is a lifestyle only, not a way of life. There's a big difference. Christianity is a lifestyle. You do a lot of stuff, but God is one of the stuff that you do. No, no. God wants to be everything. The Bible says you've been bought with a price. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to Him. What a safe, beautiful place to be, to belong to the one who has the best plan for you and my life. We need to, we want to serve Him on our own terms and our own conditions. Just live like we want to live. Any old way will do. Just do what you want to do, taking only what suits you. Therein lies the problem. Why so many Christians are walking in fear today. You can know the future. God holds the future. And when you can know this, He will be with us, He will direct us, He will go before us, and He will fight with us. You need not fear or have any worry about the future, church. If Jesus is Lord of your life, you have no fear at all. I want us to just bow our heads in prayer, and I want to read a scripture here. I'm going to ask the ministry team if they wouldn't mind coming up. And, and it's just a, a passage in Chronicles which I quoted. There's this in, in, incredible war that is about to take place. And fear comes over Israel, and there's great fear in them. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 17, he says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord that, that he's going to give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Go out and face them tomorrow. In other words, prepare your hearts today. Trust me today. So when you go into tomorrow, God's already there. God has made a way. But let me tell you how they, how they did it. Listen to this. Verse 17 says, and as they began to sing and praise the Lord, God set ambushments against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Isn't that fantastic? When you come in praise and worship, you experience Satan's defeat over your life. We want to sing this morning, but I feel that when you share a word like this, because God wants to touch you, and I know there's some of you that say, Lord, I'm really trusting you, but I need a breakthrough. And I don't want to unnecessarily take time in the service, but I believe this is important because not me, God wants to connect with you. Where two or three agree on anything, God will do it. So I just want to ask you, as we just bow our heads in prayer,
Father, I just pray right now over this congregation, this coming together in your presence. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work, speak in hearts right now. That you would touch on each heart that needs a touch from you right now. And as I pray that, I want to ask you, if, if you need prayer, don't stay in your seat. I want you to come to the front of you. We've got capable people that will pray for you. Please move out and say, Lord, I, want to, I, I just need a touch from you this morning. I need you to just touch my life because I live in, I have fear in my life. I'm anxious. But I've heard this morning that you will go before me. And if that is you this morning, I want you to come forward. And don't stay in your seat. We've got capable people that will pray for you. If you need that touch from the Holy Spirit this morning, you can sit here, you can go home, and you can carry on worrying, or you can walk out of this place more than an overcomer, victorious in Jesus' name. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I know there are people, even your seat's getting hot, and you know, Lord, I need to do this. Because my life, we all have it. We all have anxiousness. We all have fear. We experience it. But this morning, I know that God wants to meet very specifically with somebody here today. Maybe it's your moment to receive what God has for you. Thank you, Lord. Come and move by your sweet spirit over this ministry this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that there's more people that should come out. And I don't want to just stretch the service for length, but I just know that God, you know, this is the wonderful thing is by, by, by stepping out in faith and coming and saying, Lord, you know what? I really need this. It doesn't matter what people think or what people say. We're so worried about what people think and what people say. But it's what God says and what God wants to do in your life. It's to make that commitment. So if you hear this morning, please don't delay. Take that, take that step in your life and come and receive what God has for you. Because He has something very specific for you. Father, we just thank you this morning for your ministry of your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for each life, Lord. We live in a world that is really in such turmoil and we can so easily get caught up in it. And so I pray this morning, Father, that, that your anointing will come upon your church, your, your children, and that you will just strengthen us to stand strong and to be firm and just believe you, Lord, for the breakthroughs to know that you go before us. That you'll be with us when we're in stress and anxiety. And you've said that you've not given us a spirit of fear. That we will take it and embrace this truth. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Precious Lord. Thank you, Father. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.